Want to know every week. It's a cliche we hear all the time in the NFL. But for the Broncos, it's become their motto as they try to salvage the second half of this season. It has been a freezing cold day here in Boulder, the kind where you can't quite feel your fingers and your toes. And that's maybe a little ironic because the talk coming out of Boulder this week has been all about the hot seat of head coach Mike McIntyre, which may have just gotten a little bit hotter. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Connected by Seams podcast, episode 11. Once again, the trio back. Seth Smith, Danny Espinoza, and Garrett Smith here with you. And boy, we got some new product on display. Danny just can't get enough of that gold this is mic. My, my uh, Biggie Smalls mic, baby. Yeah. You just can't player. help but want to rap when you hold that. Got to hold it and just think that you're going to go <laughs> off of something, right? You already got the beats. So I'm talking about. Like, oh, oh my god! Here we go. Chains are out today. Like I'm ready to roll. Yeah, like no, it. it's podcast day, baby. That's what that is. <laughs> um, here we are back again, though. Episode 11. Excited for this one. Uh, for you guys to tune in. It, uh, good conversation. Uh, we sat down with sports reporter and anchor Lindsay Joy. Uh, she was awesome. Another she local product. To talk to. Uh, she really was. Um, her professionalism kind of made it easier for us. I mean, she does this yeah. for a living and then had to be on the other side of it. So I think that really kind of helped us. And, and she was just very insightful, led us into a lot of things. She's well accomplished, covered the Super Bowl uh, last year, went to, you know, a, a very big uh, college basketball college. We don't want to maybe give it away. We'll keep uh, the suspense there. You have to listen um, or don't look at our social media. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, just a very intriguing and fun conversation with Lindsay for sure. And cool for Definitely. us to uh, finally get into everybody's favorite segue, uh, <laughs> a favorite segment, excuse me, um, before we segue to the interview. But uh, it's time to navigate our way through the highs and lows of the week. Uh, always, always an exciting time here to open oh, up yeah. some. Uh, some highs and lows. Um, I think you two have gone first the first two times, this now being the third week, uh, third time's the charm um, for us. So let's I'll let's go hear yours. Are saying you're the charm? Yeah, I was yeah. I, I did, yeah. just throwing that in there if anyone okay. picked up on it. Uh, no, but uh, sure, I'll go first uh, if you are going to insist. Um, <laughs> I, uh, my highs celebrated uh, an engagement with two longtime friends, Stephen Schaefer, Alexa Davis, um, that was awesome. Shout out. Uh, shout out them. They're uh, fans of the show. Uh, so good for them. Uh, and also an another high was been able to get on my bike a lot more. Um, I probably live, I don't know, mile, two miles from being able to put my feet in the sand. Uh, and I still find a way to, to be lazy and not get to the beach as much as I fucking want. Um, but I've been, I've been much better now. I've uh, been on my bike and busting out my camera, took some, some more photos, got some sweet footage. Uh, awesome. G was inspired. I have to admit from you, you know, your drone activity and all that. Uh, I didn't <laughs> yeah. realize that last night at the beach house, that was a new and an improved drone. I just thought that was the yeah, same was. one you had been whipping around. I didn't know. No, that thing was shredding. Um, but you inspired me. I, I went out there and, and tried to see what I could do with the camera and get behind the lens. Um, so those were a couple of my highs. 
Um, my lows, man, dude, my fantasy baseball team is just oh trash. Yeah, dude, like yeah. already over it. Like, um, who's not over baseball right now anyway? Who gives a yeah. shit? Whoa, whoa, baseball whoa. just powers <laughs> fantasy. COVID. It's not even about um, baseball anymore. Yeah, no, it's, it's Can we play fantasy off. baseball and KBL. <laughs> Dude, I would be down. Oh, we I would should, be down with that. You know what we should do is we should start to do that. We should um, we should try and like pick randomly pick teams or find teams for us to like follow. Whether it's like mm-hmm. I don't know, NHL starting their quest. You know what I mean? Like it could have been fun to like either pick them out of a hat and we just have to be diehard fucking fans or like you know what yeah. I mean? Well, we can we still. Play. I mean, that the everything was playing games for the NHL. The first round actually starts now or yeah right so yeah let's do that let's Let's do that i'm down all right well i'll make it i'll set it up after this show we'll we'll settle on how we want to do it but um boy if you guys weren't excited enough about this segment you should be now because now we can incorporate (laughs) this like i I love it um (laughs) but enough about me those were my highs and lows of the week how about you guys Uh, let me think highs of the week Highs of the week, uh, went out to Arizona and looked for, for a house out there with, uh, with one of my boys, with Ty and my wife, Sarah. Um, left the baby behind. Levi was holding down the fort. Yeah, you know, we needed to watch dogs. Exactly. So we yeah. left them at home. It just would have been way too hard. And it was, a, yeah. you know, it was 110 or so. To have them yeah. in the car all day would have been, you know, just miserable. Ty did a great job. Um, the low, the low, the low, low. I would probably have to say getting up at midnight and driving home oh. this morning. Yeah. Oh, you do? Why do you? I'm do a night. That? I'm a night driver. I don't know. It's like. I, oh no, I'm with you though. Like I've said, it's it easy. It's easy. But the other thing yep. is, is that the kids are asleep. Yeah. That, so yeah. I don't have to hear like singing for four hours. <laughs> Like they're asleep, and Ty is with the family. Dude, Ty is a champ too. Like Ty, like you put him in the in his car seat, and like it's like he hits his car seat, and he like feels motion. He's like out, gone. Doesn't move until we go. That's a tie and hitting. Holy cow, dude! He's dropping bombs on your Instagram. Dude, gangster hacks. Love it. We teach one thing. Get that leg up and let it fly. Hammer it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking love it. What's is he uh, is he only going right side? He hasn't figured out the left side yet? No. Levi's left handed. No, Levi's left handed, Ty's right handed. Nice. So you still kinda got that that switch hitter vibe in there then? Yeah, it's kind of you know, it's kind of there, you know. See, yeah, see. Levi has a chance. He's still young, maybe. Yeah. I got to watch my first I watched my first baseball game this week too. Wow, big wow. week. Yeah. So. Who'd you have the pleasure of watching? That was your low. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Dodgers. I, I watch the Dodgers. I'm a Dodger yeah. fan. Yeah. We're yeah. going to lose followers now, dude. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> Probably gain <laughs> followers. I'm just kidding. Gee, how the hell was your week? What were the highs and lows? Uh, you know, my week was was pretty all right. Uh, one, of, one of my highs was uh, – I got the good old bike trainer set up, and so, you know, get to, if I'm not able to go out on the trails, at least I get to spin it in the, in the garage or driveway here. Yeah. Well, you could always, you could always ride your bike to my house and drink a beer. <laughs> I could do that. I could do that. Reward that. yourself. Yeah. 
I could do that here if I don't have the time. The time okay. part was the biggest part, you know, like sometimes I don't have time to make it up to the to the hills and go for a ride. Right. But I did do that last week. That is two times now, fellas, in like a month that I've been able to go riding. So I'm trying to get back into that a little more. One of these days, I'm going to get out there with Danny. Um, yeah. Yeah, you guys had a little battle there of who had a better view on your uh, Instagram sure stories. There. That was you cool. Know, I had yeah. the flag in mind, so I win. Yeah, um, yeah. Did you like my song I put with it on Instagram? I did. That hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and you put sound on, like, you want oh, to miss this. <laughs> uh, but uh, my downers, um, my low on the, on the week are, dude, the mosquitoes. You guys dealing with that? Dude, yeah. They're buzzing my ear tonight. Everywhere. Pissing me off. Everywhere. <laughs> And that shit's got to go. I set off a bomb the other night in the garage just to try to, you know, put a, put a hole on the situation. It worked for like, I don't know, 30 minutes. I opened the garage back up. It was free and clear. And then all of a sudden it was like, yep, they're back in. So, wow. uh, Still trying to figure that out. I'll keep you updated as we go. Cause it's a battle right now. <laughs> I don't think I've seen a skeeter down here. And they fucking know better. That's why they don't come down here. Oh, sorry about it. San Diego. You know. <laughs> yeah. There's mosquitoes by the ocean. There's that siren you guys hear. I was gonna say, everyone's yeah. on dealing with attacks. Shooting yeah, on, I, shooting I on Chapman. It's like Jumanji. Yeah, it's 2020. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it, dude. Seriously. Yeah, um, murder hornets. Now freaking mosquitoes. Yeah. Malaria's back. I heard or something. <laughs> Everything's back. Anything they can make up. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Well, <laughs> are those uh, those your lows, G? Was that a uh, Oh, mosquitoes, yeah, dude. Are you, uh, when you get bit, I can get behind and, that. Yeah, you know, no, you're you right. can't go outside. Rach won't even step foot in the backyard past like 4:30. <laughs> She's like, nope, I'm out. Like, done. Fully suited <laughs> up if she does. That's oh yeah, cool. hell yeah. Well, there you go. Another just solid, great segment. Uh, navigating <laughs> through the highs and lows. Um, that's that. What's uh. Let's talk a little bit about Lindsay. So not so much about ourselves. Lindsay is again um, big sports fan. Worked in the industry for a while. Orange County girl. Orange County girl. Represent. Um, so it was super cool just getting to talk to her um, again. Taking advantage of a mutual connection and running with it, setting it up. Uh, it was a blast. So we'll send it now to the interview with sports reporter and anchor Lindsay Joy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into today's episode of Connected by Seams Podcast. Uh, today, we welcome sports reporter, anchor, uh, well-known journalist, Lindsay Joy to the show. Lindsay, how are we doing? Thanks for joining us. Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we, we were talking a little bit uh, before the show, but quite scenic uh, for anyone that's watching this yeah. episode. If you want to maybe uh, just talk about where you are, that is beautiful back there. Yeah, so I'm, um, I shouldn't say I'm in Portland, Oregon, because I'm outside of Portland. I'm like 20 minutes outside of it. Um, That's a good thing. Quite the hot spot right now. Where I am, this is the most, I'm from Orange County. This is the most suburban place you could ever live. Like it's, it is, whatever you think of the suburbs, that's Tigard, Oregon. And that's where I am. Um, I'm a good millennial. I moved back in with my parents during quarantine, like all the real millennials. So that's, that's where I'm uh, at right now, hanging out with, uh, with my parents. Nice. Well, you, you mentioned that you were uh, from, 
from Orange County, born and raised in Rancho Santa Margarita. Bit of a rivalry we got here. Three modern day guys, and then uh, you're the eagle there from Santa Margarita. Um, did you uh, did you have interest in, in kind of sports right away growing up in that area? We seem to get so many people from that hotbed um, of being able to go to Angel Stadium, Ducks games, like you know all that stuff. Was it was it big from an early age for you? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I grew up going to, like, Ducks games, Angels games, but I was not – and even Laker games, but I was, um, like, a big, like, Sixers fan. You know, I, I didn't play – I should have – I was literally a kid during the Lakers repeat, but I just chose to be fans of other teams for no good reason. Um, but, I mean, definitely, like, have great memories growing up of going to Lakers games. And um, I even, you know, as a kid, I knew how cool that was to be able to, like, go up and watch Kobe and Shaq play. I mean, that was my childhood, so – totally spoiled in that sense yeah not a, not a bad childhood at all <laughs> no <laughs> i you can't beat it really i like i said i knew at the time but i don't think i appreciated it enough for sure yeah did you have i mean you mentioned sixers but what about like favorite athletes anything like that growing up or what what gravitated you to uh towards the sixers i was a diehard alan iverson fan so yeah, i just no. love oh. i know i'm so i feel like sorry it's he's so polarizing right it's i like him oh he's like great him. oh you do yeah okay good. yeah i thought the noise was a was a bad <laughs> bad noise no. um, so yeah, I just, I loved watching him play basketball. And that was one of the things that really got me into, like, I was old enough to remember the, um, the jazz bowls, those two finals they played back to back. I remember watching those, but the thing that like really got me into watching sports, I think was, was those early Sixer teams with him on it. And I just loved watching him play. So I was just always a diehard fan, which I admit again, makes no sense because I should have been lakers all the way so yeah but they were good they were i mean yeah. they were the ones always playing the lakers so yeah. it would make sense um and, out, and iverson was a dude he had his own shoe with reebok had the yeah. best agent in the world who deferred so much money of that reebok contract to now so he didn't blow all of his money big <laughs> practice guy in 10 years big practice guy yeah i think in um, yeah. i think in 10 years he just gets like it was 50 million i've heard they've taken some money out so i think it's but it's somewhere in the 20 to 30 million. He yeah, he got – it was like he had like 50 million deferred off his Reebok contract because his agent was like, let's uh, let him not come into all of this. Let's push this back like 15 well, years after retirement. Didn't he bankrupt himself? Yeah, like, well, a couple that's times. what we're saying. Like, he did the best agent exactly, in the world. So, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. cash poor there for a while. That's why I think they borrowed out of the trust. I think a judge like let him do that. So that's why it's been a little depleted. But either way, there's still like millions. Yeah. Thank you, agency. You Bobby Bonilla them? <laughs> oh no, Bobby Bonilla is something else. So awesome! He gets like a million dollars a year or something, right? I would love that. I mean, obviously, yeah. <laughs> a, a yeah, six million dollar yeah. six million dollar contract turned into thirty two or something like that. Love it, <laughs> love it. Um, well, shoot, back to back to kind of your story here, Lindsay. We mentioned uh, attended Santa Margarita High School wise, and then went to Gonzaga. Everything I was reading, kind of, you were a daughter of a Jayhawk alum, so college basketball was already huge for you. And then you go to America's team and go to Gonzaga. Was that kind of a, a set plan, or it just kind of worked out that way? So, no, I just happened to be, obviously, a big college basketball fan growing up. So you grow up on Jayhawk basketball. I'm just, it was like always on yeah. and house yeah. kind of thing. Um, rock, chalk. Rock, chalk. <laughs> um yeah it's funny kansas and Gonzaga are actually playing each other coming up in a couple years um 2022 so after corona after we're all done with that so who I'll would you root for 
Gonzaga. I'm, okay. I'm, and honestly, like, I, the joke is who my mom, I think I've got my mom on my side, and then my dad will be, my dad will be Kansas. I'll divide it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, and it's funny because we've never played each other, so we've never gotten to be a house divided because it's two great schools, but it's, you know, they haven't played. They've never that played. makes it even better, though. You know, there's nothing really tangible to base it on, so you could talk as much trash as you can. Exactly. And I, and I do root for Kansas. Like if it's, especially if it's, they could be playing later in the tournament, I root for Kansas, but I just root for them in general, but nothing near like how much I love Gonzaga because uh, obviously going there and being around the program for so long. So I, um, I wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to go to a great college basketball school, but I did also. And I listened to your other podcasts. Um, every broadcast hey, wants to hear cues. It's just the law. I wanted to go to Syracuse. We all do. I, it's the most basic thing, but it's everyone does. I had so, no idea about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the, the big ones are like ASU, Syracuse. Um, USC has a good program, but it's a little different. And I didn't want to think California. Northwestern is I knew Northwestern. more print journalism, but also like a great yeah. journalism school. So, yeah, and I didn't want to go to ASU. I kind of wanted to get out of the California bubble. And I know Arizona is not in California, but it's still kind of the California bubble. Um, so I got into Syracuse, but I didn't get into the broadcasting program right away. And you have to just take general ed for like two years. And I was like, I don't want to take science, history, English, and like not go anywhere near the broadcasting program. So I had applied to GU because I basically <laughs> only applied to out-of-state schools uh, because I knew they had kind of a smaller hands-on program, and I got in there, met the professor, rest is history. Um, so that's kind of how I ended up going to Gonzaga. It was completely a broadcasting decision, but yes, they also happen to be really good at college basketball, which makes it kind of fun. <laughs> that's so uh, cool. Have you ever have you ever been to Syracuse? You know, I haven't, and I actually my parents wouldn't take probably me a good to- reason. So <laughs> my parents wouldn't take me to visit. So they said you can go there if you want, but we won't take you to visit ahead of time. You have to go. Like the first time you're going to campus is when you start. It, yeah, dad, it's. Um, <laughs> I, I played there when I was coming up. When I was coming up in the minor leagues, I played there. That was the Nationals AAA. And then last year, I played there in AAA for the first time. And the people there are great, but let me tell you, the time you're going to be in school when it's cold, yeah, be thankful that you weren't there because that's some cold weather up there. Between that and Buffalo, like. Man, you're be, be lucky you weren't up in that shit. I covered a game in Buffalo this year, and it was arguably oh. the coldest I've ever been in my life. And it, the, the other people like didn't even think it was that cold. I lived oh, in that's Buffalo normal, yeah. for a long time, but Buffalo was brutal. So probably best that I didn't live in Syracuse for four years. Yeah. <laughs> the back is cold, too. The Spokane is cold, but it's different. There, yeah. that, that biting wind just like gets you. Yeah. So. Now, that's so cool because the episode I'm guessing you heard, we were talking to Steve Quiss and same kind of thing. He, you know, like what's going to be plan B? What sets you up to kind of find that success and not maybe doing what you think is the only way to do it, you know? Um, So did you do any kind of reporting stuff in high school or you got to Gonzaga and kind of just got thrown into it? Or how did that kind of transpire? I knew that I wanted to... I only looked at schools with broadcast journalism as a major, which is actually crazy because um, now I think pretty much everyone has it or most schools probably do. But this was like 15 years ago. I mean, this was a while ago. So like not everyone had it. People had journalism or media mass communications, but specific broadcast journalism like for television wasn't as common. So I knew I was picking a school based on like who had the major and who had a good program of that major. And 
I knew I was like going to do it, but yeah, in high school we had like, we had like a video production class where we messed around on like Avid for a little bit. It wasn't really like, reporting though. I think we like, MG, we had like, MGTV. And you yeah. just like read the announcements or whatever. Like, but yeah. yeah so hey, that's that little shit can, can help though, for sure. Yeah. At least getting comfortable and maybe hearing your own voice and stuff. Get like your toes that. wet, I guess for sure. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, but Gonzaga was really the first time, like, as I was learning stuff that I ever was really on camera or doing any kind of like things like that. Do you remember, like, what was your first event? Were you, were you freaking out before having to go cover it or? Oh, um, that's a good question. No, it was so long ago. Um, it was that, I, it was for Gonzaga though, right? Like, uh, yeah. So we had, um, like how you guys had MDTV, we had GUTV in college and it was this thing, same kind of thing where we did like 30 minute news shows. So I'm sure like the first time I like anchored one of those shows that I was probably just like so nervous. I was a freshman. <laughs> when I, actually, wow. I do. We, yeah. So I started as a freshman right away doing broadcasting and I took a broad, broadcasting class every single semester to the point where the registrar's office was like, Hey, you can't graduate when I was about to graduate. They're like, you're three credits short. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not. And they had to reset. They had a max capacity of how many times you could take this one broadcasting class. And I was the only <laughs> one who had ever taken it so many times. Cause I started in it so young. No so I like, way. No. I was like, I took all my credits. Like you have to give me credit for this. And they fixed it. And they were like, fine, you can graduate. But, um, but yeah, so Lindsay I did law. I was Lindsay Law, right? Anyone who's there's probably only like a few people since who have taken the class that many times, but it was like all I cared about. Like we took philosophy and religion and all these things, and I was just like, I'm not going to use this. So I want to be in the broadcasting building and and all that. So yeah, that's so cool. I mean, that's kind of how you have to be in this field. Is you can't really like linger around. Everything is it's got to be a go. You know what I mean? And um for you how about post-college uh you you move on you graduate broadcast journalism uh did you have your your eyes set on something in particular or were you just kind of looking around to, to find a home I was just one of those people who's really open to anything um in like you can say I want to be in LA and start as like a production assistant like a camera person and try to work your way up from there but I was always the person who wanted to like go smaller, get the on-camera reps, and then kind of build from there, which is what I did. So I went to Casper, Wyoming. Um, Good old Casper. Which, yeah, is truly the middle of nowhere. I That was the first time I ever saw it was um, <laughs> when I drove in for my job. So that's not a job where they fly you out to, like, interview you. It's basically you do everything on the phone. And then I just drove in sight unseen to Wyoming. And, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It was two years, you know, like you can do anything for two years. Um, I still like talk to my Wyoming friends all the time. Cause it was such a weird little life we had. Um, there was three bars like in the whole town That's and awesome. we, it was fun. Yeah. It was wild, but it was fun. So do you think that kind of helps you like hone in on like why you're there and, and it really almost allows you to, to sit down and buckle in and, and get your work done, you know? Yeah, I mean, there definitely wasn't a ton to do. We made it, we made it fun, but like, it wasn't a ton of distractions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. So a lot of my Wyoming friends that I worked with are still in the business because I think if you're willing to go, and this is ten years later, like I think if you're willing to go to a place like that, like you're one of the people who like really knows you want to do this and like really wants it. And so I think that that's kind of why a lot of these people are still like working in this industry because you have to be passionate about 
television to move to Casper, Wyoming as a 22 year old. Like, well, it was- well I, I think what's cool is that you said, you know, I'm, I was open to kind of go anywhere, which I think so many people when they have they're in a job or they have a job opportunity, they, Oh, I only want to go to one spot or I only want to go to this. But you know, I look at, uh, like baseball, like we, you don't have a choice where if they send you in the minor leagues, when you start, you go wherever the hell you go. Right. Says so Harrisburg, <laughs> you didn't have a choice to go to the big leagues. They sent you to Harrisburg. Yeah. I didn't have a choice. I went to, you know, Vermont when I first signed, but these end up being parts of your life that if it weren't for these, if it weren't for you being open to going to Casper, you would have never experienced that. So I think there's so, there's something so great about being open about work with doing that, that you get experiences in life that, if it weren't for that, you know, open-mindedness, you would never be able to experience these and look where it's got you in your career now, which, you know, that's kudos to you. That's awesome to have that mindset to go do whatever you, you know, to go out and have fun and enjoy it. Yeah. It's, I mean, and like, who can say they've lived in Wyoming or Vermont? Like, right. You know, we're Orange County kids. Like everyone just kind of stays in that little Orange County. Yeah, Not many reasons to leave. Yeah. I mean, true. Right. It's beautiful. Yeah. We were crazy for leaving, but it's also like the, it's just cool to be able to be like, yeah, I lived in Wyoming for two years and there's yeah. 500,000 people that live in that entire state. So like not a lot of people can say, <laughs> and like there's probably 500,000 people that live within like a one hour radius of, of where yeah. we're at. So yeah. It, yeah, it was cool. It was cool to get out. No, that's awesome. And the hours of this freaking career are not easy either. Um, so, I mean, just not only being open to moving and all that, but it's just a kind of a, a career choice that you got to know what you're signing up for, the hours, the the moving around as you're finding out in your, I think you just said 10 years um, that you've been doing this. You've bounced around um, city to city, uh, which is awesome. But maybe if you could, if you could just maybe walk us through what like a, a field day might look like for you if, if you're either, you know, out reporting a story or getting your preparation ready? Like what, what's that kind of process look like for you? Everyone I think says this, but like every day is different because it really depends. Like if I go back to my last market, I was in Denver. So a big thing was Broncos, right? So like on a uh, Wednesday, I'm trying to remember their schedule. Wednesday was like the big interview day where a bunch of people talked. You were in the locker room. There was like the most interviews. So that was a really busy day. So like meet out at the facility at, I don't know, 11 a.m. And then you interview like coach Vaughn Miller, whoever the quarterback was at the time. There were many quarterbacks, none particularly great. Um, and then they talk and you go to the locker room and you do those interviews. Nice guys. Just never. Like I said, there was like hey, we'll, we'll there a lot that of quarterbacks. Part. <laughs> door. It was. I mean, and like, no, you don't have to get that out. So like it was, so they are I'll talk on the podium and then you go in the locker room and you interview those guys. And then you take the 15 interviews you did. So like say they're five to 10 minutes each. So that's a lot of like interviews and you're kind of editing in your head as you go, because then you have to take them and put them into two stories for that day. So for the 5 PM newscast for this, the 9 PM newscast, and then they can replay them for like 10, 11, whatever if they want. Um, And so you're like, okay, so Joe Flacco talked about, how he's really been struggling with X, Y, and Z. And so, and you're like, okay, did anyone else say anything about how Joe's been struggling? So you're like trying to put it all together in your head. And then you have to do a second story. So you're like, okay, defense, defense was really good last week. We heard from Vaughn, we heard from this safety. We heard, and then, so you're like trying to put it all together. Then you physically sit down and you ed- we edit and do everything. So you edit it, you jump in front of the camera, you're like, 
blah, 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 blah. You do your little bit and then <laughs> you send it off to the station and then that airs, you know, sometimes you're live, um, depending on the day, sometimes you're not, but that would be a typical practice day. And then game day is like a whole nother crazy. That, those are 12 hours at least. Um, how many, how many times when you went back to edit it and you were reviewing and you were like, shit, that didn't record right. Or you had the perfect story or something like that, where it was that, that, Oh crap moment. Had that happened? Yes. It stops happening after a while though. So like stuff can always fail. You're dealing with technology where like wireless microphones could just cut out sometimes. Like, have you ever done like a zoom interview with these where you're like, Oh, I forgot to record or I, you know no. what I mean? Like, <laughs> <We're> perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it happens. It's technology and like you, my equipment is spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Right? All the time. So yeah. I, one time in Wyoming, I didn't bring a microphone to an interview I was supposed to do. And I was like, really? Like, the most basic thing but you just forget sometimes you say it louder into the camera it'll hear you um and then like one time in uh one time another time in wyoming i pressed record twice so it stopped recording and there was like the go-ahead touchdown this was at a high school football game um so it was at least high school but i i got back and i was editing the footage and i was like oh no like there was maybe like, they won't <laughs> notice. <laughs> I think I just had to tell like the guy who was because I wasn't anchoring that night, so whoever was anchoring, I was like, just tell them they scored a touchdown. Like it, I don't, we figured it out somehow. But luckily, <laughs> the bigger mistakes tend to happen in like the Wyoming's of the world, and you got a little better. But it, it happens for sure. I mean, it's human error and technology, so it's a bad combo. Is that something you had to figure out on the fly or did anyone warn you how much editing and because I've been around it as well, reporter, they're carrying their own shit. They're carrying the cameras, they're doing everything. And then you see them on TV later that day and you're like, what the hell? Like, you know what I mean? You're literally doing everything. Is that, I mean, throughout your years, I'm sure at Gonzaga and stuff, you started to kind of pick up and learn those things. Yeah. I mean, that was something I knew from freshman year, just because by the time I went to school, it was like, hey, there's this new thing called an MMJ, which is a multimedia journalist, which really just means you do everything for yourself. <laughs> no one's ever going to help you. Like, Straight up. That's, I mean, literally, so like you said, we're carrying the gear. I had camera, tripod, the live unit, which is like a backpack, my backpack for with my laptop for editing, extra batteries, I, just hanging on my body. And like, I'm just carrying it around stadiums everywhere. Like, that's what you did. Seven um, jackets if you're in Wyoming, too. It, in, in, I work in a lot of cold places. So like Spokane, Washington, it's a lot. You've got yeah. like whatever. It's wild. So uh, I knew I knew going into it because that was already very established as kind of the way that things were going, like the trend of the industry. Um, so I, I was trained for all that. I had camera classes. I had editing classes. I had writing classes. I had classes where you're on air. You had classes for everything. That's why broadcast was an important major for me versus just print journalism because print is awesome and you learn so many great things, but you don't learn necessarily all the different editing systems and all the different like audio, you know, technology. So yeah, I, I was trained in it, but it's still pretty crazy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in 2020. I mean, everything has gone that direction. Everything has gone the media direction and be the first one to put it up. So, which means you got to have your stuff ready and on you and, and be prepared. So um, that's pretty cool. You did mention though, you know, your last market being in Denver working for Fox 31 you guys had the chance you covered all four 
professional sport leagues, if I'm not mistaken, the Broncos, as well as the NBA, uh, baseball and hockey. How cool was that being in that market, being around such big names and talent and, and, and at Fox 31, you guys, a well-established uh, network as well. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, a lot of people, the goal is to kind of cover professional sports. So college, like, again, I'm such a college basketball person. It's so much fun. We all do a lot of high school kind of coming up through it. So you're like, I just want to cover a pro team eventually. And so for me, I went from zero to 60 because I went from, we covered the Seahawks when I was in Spokane, but it wasn't our main thing by any means. Um, I did camps. I did Redskins camp um, and Seahawks camp. Those were the two NFL like training camps I had done, but to fully cover Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, Avs, um, was awesome because we just like I said I went from having no real pro teams in my market to having four um it's a little different because you don't get to know the guys as well necessarily because it's just a different level of professionalism um where you know the media like the PR people are a lot more like guarding the guys um to make sure no one says anything wrong um (laughs) That was different. Danny's like, yeah, I know what that's like. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's definitely the best. (laughs) I mean, it's it's a very interesting dynamic. And like, I always joked with the Nuggets PR people because I'm like, you guys don't have to do anything. None of these guys want to say anything. Like Nicole Jokic is not the type of guy to be like, and I'm the best, and blah blah blah. You know, like they're never going to (laughs) say anything wrong anyway. So everyone's like so professional and like on top of their game. Like. They're too smart now. They're, you know, they're never going to like say the wrong thing. So but it have was you, fun. Have you, it was fun to cover, cover all that stuff. What was you saying? Have you ran into one that, that maybe has been a little disgruntled that he has to take the time and, and come to you? We heard a pretty good story from Steve about asking someone for two minutes and the person literally gave him two minutes of their time. Have you had any kind of experience <laughs> like that? I, yeah, I heard him say that. No, so me, <laughs> me personally... I've had people, um, the Gonzaga athletic director, who I have a great relationship with, I have like all the respect in the world for, turn on the news one night and he heard me say something where he thought I misquoted him or I mischaracterized what he said. And so he called and was like, I'm pissed at you, basically. And I was like, what did I do? And he was like, I specifically didn't phrase it this way. You know, I said that like, I don't know, I, I summarized and he was like I chose my words carefully to make sure that I didn't say what you said and so you know we again we sat down we talked we had it out we're good um we have a lot of respect for each other and have known each other for a while so I've had people come at me like that and be like (laughs) hey you you know you did this wrong or whatever but it was never a situation where it was like true animosity it was like two people who respected each other like talking it out um I did I mean Nicola said Nikola Jokic was talking about a Bulls player once and he said he had a lot of length and then he said no homo in the uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this was he was on the road in Chicago so we weren't there we, we didn't travel with the team we were not even there but That's someone awesome. someone reported it and it, it, I don't even think it was in a Denver reporter I don't even know who it was but then he was mad at the media just as a concept because he was like you guys got me in trouble I think the league fined him for it oh and shit. That's never anything we would have blown up. We would have never put that on TV. Like, the guy, <laughs> yeah. he tried to yeah, make a dumb but... joke and it wasn't funny. Like, we would never, ever put that on TV. Of um, just because, like, it's not even worth it. So, anyway, he then, for the next, like, two to three weeks, anytime we interviewed him, he just sat there Black and stared at us. Yeah. And we were like, cool. Like, it wasn't us, but we get, 
I understand like you're upset and I do think it was totally overblown and, and it was a bad situation just all around, but we just kind of sat there. So we would ask him questions and he would just stare at you. Yeah. That's that, but that's part of it. Cause I know, uh, one season I got pissed at a reporter and I wouldn't let him ask a question for three months. <laughs> Did you three go month long. by month? Like, what, why three months? You were just like, fuck this guy. Three months. <laughs> he wrote a, he you wrote have a, a calendar and you just X each day? Like, nah, bro, like, like, he wrote a bad story on me and then um, he opened up an interview post game one time after I had a great game, which like, like the opening question of the interview, and he like bashed me immediately. And I was like, I was like, ah, next, you know, next question. Well, he ended up getting mad at me. So that was like at the end of one year. So the following year, I just told our PR people, I was like, he's not allowed to ask a question until I say so. So <laughs> love that. So I didn't let him ask a question for like three months. And then finally, I was just like, all right, like, I think I've been an asshole. Long <laughs> I didn't say like, I think he gets it. Three months was over. He, like, at what point, at what point did you decide? Did you go up to him and say like, okay, you can ask a question now? No, I told the PR people. I didn't talk to him. I was just like, you can tell me you can ask a question now because yeah. he was every, he was there every day i was just i was just sick of it i was you know i you can come out the corner now yeah it's i was right. i'm not gonna lie like some there was it's hard it, sometimes so why not? Like, but yeah that's part of it but i mean it gets to a point sometimes every day when you see the same people and then they write something bad about you or they ask you a bad question you're like dude like all right it happens a couple of times but when it's time after Repeating. time and it's on he, and he does it to multiple people and i'm like hey, now. It, for me, like, I'll wear it. I'll, I won't let him ask a question. Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. It's it's one of those things where, like, it's such a balancing act, too, because it's, like, I'm not always on the side of the reporter. There are reporters who ask, like, incendiary questions or who yeah. don't phrase things well. Like, I'm typically on the side of reporters, but because I understand where they're coming from. But there are times where you're just, like, it's a bad question. Like, what were you thinking? Like, why would you first? phrase it that way or like why are you kind of trying to go after something that obviously isn't there like there's like for sure times that happen right right so like when when i when i did that like the other reporters that are always because in baseball we have so many reporters especially in washington being a big market team we have so many reporters in the clubhouse every single day you know because we're around you know new york and philly we have so many people covering us and so when he asked that question, I ended up not letting him ask questions. The other reporters, they were totally on my side. They're like, the question he asked you was terrible. Like, <laughs> and he's written bad stuff about you multiple times. They're like, we, we get why you, why you did it. They're like, it's been three months. So like, <laughs> you might want to let him come back. <laughs> That's funny. You, you, you wouldn't even let him stand like in your scrum or. He had to sit on the outside. <laughs> oh, literally a straight timeout. Like yeah. that is. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was no reason for him to be up front. He wasn't going to ask a question. <laughs> yeah. I was in my space. Stuff like that happens. Three months is a long time, but stuff like that definitely happens. Um, yeah, I think after like a month, it just got. I think everyone just got used to him not asking a question. I was like, ah, oh, whatever. He can ask questions. The scrum is that the crowd that gathers around. You got to battle your way in. Are you throwing bows in there, Lindsay, or like how do you like how does it work? One thing that people don't know about local TV is like we all secretly love each other like not every single reporter if you have 30 reporters obviously not everyone's best friends but especially the tv people are really close because you spend so much i spent more time with like the other stations reporters than i did with my own stations because the news reporters are out doing news and i'm like at every broncos game with these people or at nuggets you know practice like that's who you hang out with and honestly that's a lot of times who you hang out with outside because they also have weird hours and weird lives yep, yep. so i get it 
you could throw both. Like it, it, when it's like when it's national stuff, like the final four, I would like you're physically just like mauling people because yeah. you don't know most of the people that you're with, like most people who are around you. But when it's like a Broncos scrum um, or like at a Rockies like post or whatever, um, you help each other out. So like we'll hold each other's mics sometimes so that like if you can't get in there close enough to like the person. Might out. accidentally have it on mute, but you'll hold it for No, them. but that's, yeah, I know. People told me that was, I don't, I don't know of any instance. Was there enough people there to even have a scrum for those two teams? Just saying, I mean. Broncos. <laughs> yeah. so broncos is like i can't even tell you how many people just because it's the nfl and apparently i wasn't there when peyton there peyton is like around the team and he'll like walk around practice but i wasn't there when he was the quarterback apparently when peyton was the quarterback there was like an additional 10 to 15 reporters from national like espn nfl network every practice understandable Um, but yeah but even like even when like joe flacco was the quarterback there was still a million people there um and then yeah i mean rocky's like there was like five of us like i mean it depended <laughs> on the day but what well, what years were you at, at the rockies uh so just this this is the first season i haven't covered so the two seasons prior so eight 18 and 19 yeah 18 and 19. Ian, ian desmond your boy that's my that's one of my boys love yeah, the guy honestly, yeah. I, I didn't know him that Hates well him. i know all the reporters love him so when i never went down to spring training uh, uh which was the big, like, I know everyone always wanted Introduction to for everybody there. Yeah, everyone always wanted to talk to him in spring training. Um, that was, like, one of our other reporters was, like, obsessed with going down there. And I was like, you can have it. I've, I'll survive without another trip to Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but, yeah, so that was, like, but I know I know he's a reporter's favorite. I never, like, yeah. really knew him really well. But he's, I know, like, all the media people love him. Yeah, he's a great dude. First half of the interview comes to a pause there with Lindsay Joy, and right away you can tell Lindsay, a sports girl in and out, uh, through and through, excuse me, just uh, right away you can tell the knowledge, the experience, the, you know, kind of that drive to do what she's almost envisioned of wanting to do for a while now, and then getting to see it come to fruition and, and get opportunities and get the reps in and all that stuff. And again, like we said, a local girl. So it's also cool to, although a rival from our rival high school, but uh, still cool to, to see the success story and, and the paths of people from our neck of the woods, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like you said too, you know, she, you, you talk about the success she had and second time we've heard this now is wanting to go to Syracuse again and her parents saying, well, you can't visit it. You're just going to have to go, you know, and blindly go to school. Well, Syracuse, New York, I don't want to crush Syracuse. <laughs> but time there's maybe not the place a 19 year old wants to go, you know? <laughs> so she decides to go to Gonzaga. Um, and, it worked out for her as well. You know, she went on her own route and she was able to get into a system where it streamlined her and she was able to have a ton of success and put her in the right, in the right spot. Rather, you don't know what things would have happened with Syracuse. Yeah, it's the biggest, you know, it's the best school in the world for, for broadcast stuff, but you don't ever know. Maybe she wouldn't have ever had the opportunities um, had she not gone to Gonzaga. So it was just cool to hear again, like, Oh, I wanted I wanted to go there and it switched and it ended up working out to their to their benefit. Yeah, and to piggyback off of what both of you are saying, um, it's the second time we've heard in the last few interviews somebody that knew what they wanted to do from the very get go and it right. wasn't that uh premier highlight 
athlete, it was the flip side. They wanted to be the conduit to the, to the viewers and be that person that shares the story. And it's just, I mean, it's different to me because the mindset for me and I'm sure both of you and Seth, even though you are on the broadcast side, I mean, we've always, the three of us wanted to be the athlete. For we, sure. we were be, athletes first. Yeah, exactly. Right. We wanted to be that primetime guy. Um, and it, it's just, it's cool, man. It shows that, you know, everybody has their own dream and she's living it and yeah. she's good at it. And it's refreshing that, I mean, male or female on broadcasts or you know the news or anywhere and you see some of them talk and i forgot what the dude's name is on uh, i want to say like i don't want to say the network but he talks about sports and you're like what are you like shut up like and she is she's the opposite just in casual conversation you know casual talks about uh you know uh, a team or a player and she you can tell she knows her shit so she has a very good idea of what she's talking about exactly and knows right. i'm sure that you know that helps in getting a, a a good story out of a player but pre and and post game so uh so yeah yeah she's shared a, a lot of uh stories in her 10 plus years of doing it and excited that we could kind of help share hers too um, so we'll send it to the, the back half of the interview. Really cool stuff as she kind of digs into more career stuff, accomplishments, and, and boy, you're going to want to uh, listen to the second half. So we'll send it there now with sports reporter and anchor, Lindsay Joy. And, and now also our second Emmy Award winner to join the show, um, Steve Quist, <laughs> uh, the broadcaster being our first. You now our second. You won a Northwest Regional Emmy Award for Best Sports Feature. Um, kind of tell us what the feature was about and, and a little bit uh, more about the Emmy Award. Yes, it was actually not um, when I was in Denver, but my market prior, I was in Spokane, Washington. And one of the big things there is Ironman in Coeur d'Alene. So Coeur d'Alene is um, in Idaho. It's outside of Spokane. It's beautiful. Lake town. Um, I love it there. So they have the Ironman every year. And a lot of people in that area will do the Ironman because it's just like kind of a close to home thing for them. Um, and the story was on a local man named Zane who just had so many different health challenges. Like growing up, he is deaf. He had different heart problems, heart surgeries. He actually has a pacemaker, um, which if you think about running an Ironman with a pacemaker, he had to have his doctor like adjust the pacemaker based on like his running. His heart wasn't it's able to go over certain. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So he had just been through so yeah. much, but still was like, I want to finish an Ironman and um, he had done a bunch of halves. And so we actually did this story leading up to it and he, um, he hadn't finished twice. This was his third attempt at a full. So there was some other stuff that had kind of happened before. Um, And we did it the week leading up to it. He actually got through like mile 10 or 12 of the marathon and his pacemaker um, like wasn't like faulty, but it just wasn't letting him go any further. And so he had to pull out, but with all that aside, he is like the most inspirational person. He's basically been through so much. And instead of being like, okay, I tried once and I didn't make it. I'm not going to do it again. He kept going and going and trying and trying. And he is just an awesome person. Um, and so we did the story. We sat down with him kind of leading up to it, talking about why he was still going and, and everything that motivated him. And um, I, like I was saying earlier, I worked with someone who was just like a really talented videographer and editor. So the story came together really well and we won. And it was, I mean, the 
when you're doing the story, you're not thinking like, I'm going to win an Emmy with this, but um, we submitted it and, and it won, which was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It fired me up when I was watching it. Um, just kind of trying to find, you know, stuff on you. And I, I stumbled across that video and it was very motivating for anyone looking for it. It is on YouTube, uh, but it was, it was awesome. So I didn't know that was your Emmy award winner. I guess I just found and happened to click on the right video. Um, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. That makes me happy that that comes up. So yeah, it was, it was like, I'll never forget him. I like, sometimes like if I'm running and you know, I'm dying, I'm like, Zane would, Zane can go. Like if, if he can do it and if he can persevere through everything, like it still motivates me, which is crazy, but true. That's cool. Do you still ever speak with, uh, with him? You know, I haven't talked to him since I left Spokane. I did though, um, talk to him a little bit cause we would, so being around Ironman, you're kind of like, uh, it's a yearly thing. It was actually twice yearly at, at one point. And so you still see him. And, um, he did tell me that after that story aired, like a local, like fourth grade teacher or something, um, emailed him and said, Hey, will you come talk to my class and just kind of give him like That's cool. a speech about like perseverance and what it means to like never quit. And that, yeah, that kind of stuff, like catching up with people that you've done stories on and hearing things like that, like makes it all worth it for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sure you've had some pretty special moments in your 10 plus years now in this career. Maybe none is as exciting. I can't speak for you that that came in February. Just recently, you were selected as one of eight reporters nationally to cover Super Bowl 54 last season in Florida. Um, you got to do it for Next Star Media Group, which, by the way, is only uh, America's largest local television and media company. Uh, no big deal there, but just kind of talk about that moment. Um, first off, if you want to maybe just talk about before, you know, initially covering the game, but how that process was started or how it came uh, to fruition of you getting selected. Did you have to submit stuff? What was that like? You know, what's crazy is I didn't. They came to me and they said, Oh, you know, so ooh. my, my, about it. <laughs> well, I was crazy. So, so what, you know, we, oh, we talked about boost. <laughs> Hey, thanks, guys. No, um, <laughs> we, we talked about how I did everything right. So I shot, edited, I ran my own live shots. Like I could do it all. And Nextstar uh, actually just purchased our station as part of a big, the way that like T-Mobile and Sprint just merged. It was a, mm -hmm. a type of merger like that. And so they had, they were new owners to us in Denver. And they said, we want to send a team to the Super Bowl. We're going to pick essentially eight reporters. And I think they have like 200 stations. And the idea was sports reporters are good because obviously they know sports, but like these people have to be able to do everything. So if you're just an on-air reporter, which those people still exist where they primarily work with photographers and editors and things like those people weren't really eligible because they needed to know that the people could do everything. So, um, yeah, my boss was like, Hey, we're trying to put together a team for the Super Bowl. Like, do you want to go? And I was like, I was honestly taken aback at first. Cause I was just like, it, it wasn't even something that I knew was in the works that they were sending people. And I was like, yes, like that's not something you say no to. No. So yeah. So, I mean, obviously I said yes and uh, the rest is history, but it was, um, it was a wild week uh, for sure. It was a very long week, but it was also obviously really rewarding too. Yeah. I, I was going to say, how exhausting was that? So and did you prepare yourself? No, there was no <laughs> way to emotionally prepare. And we had conference calls. It was a big project. So we had conference calls leading up to it um, every two weeks for like, 
probably two or three months. Um, so we tried to prepare and kind of talk things through as much as we could, but there was no way we kind of went in knowing like, this is going to be crazy, but I don't know what kind of crazy. One thing I didn't like, we realized when we got there, Miami traffic, like, holy crap. It's real. So bad. I'm from the LA area. Like I've lived in LA and this was somehow worse than that. Um, it was, we spent so much time just sitting on the interstate trying to get around in Miami Mm. as a Super Bowl host site, everything was spread out. So we were staying like 25 minutes from the stadium, but then an hour away from the convention center where radio row and like everything else is. And that's an hour, like pretty much without traffic. So we sat just trying to get down to interviews and stuff like, and then you park and you walk a mile to like wherever it it was wild. So what you would think they haven't figured out like what, what the hell? They've hosted, it more, they've hosted it more times than anyone else. Yeah. And they, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a really, obviously a really cool city to like vacation yeah. in. Wouldn't recommend covering a Super Bowl specifically there, but um, like I heard like Atlanta the year, I think it was the year prior was Atlanta. And it, I heard it was just all in one place. Like if you do it in Indianapolis, you can walk to everything. It's yeah. all in walking distance. Um, but yeah, no, Miami's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to send you down by South beach and you're just like in the car forever. So they just want you to experience the area more than the actual <laughs> yeah. event. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I really feel like I just know Miami, like the back of my hand, spent a lot of time. <laughs> Take the scenic route. Open out those sites. So yeah, that, I mean, that part of it was just like t- emotionally taxing, but, um, but yeah, we were working 16 hours a day. Uh, wow. almost Ooh. every day. I had one eight hour day in the middle, but almost every day was a 16 hour day down there. And you're out there for, for the full, for a full week. Yeah. We flew in Sunday. I actually, um, we flew in Sunday. I was supposed to fly back the Monday after. So we covered the game and I was supposed to fly back the next day, but there was weather coming into Denver. And I was also just like so exhausted after my last live shot was like 2 AM Miami time after the Super Bowl. I left the field. We went to Waffle House and got breakfast. And then I drove myself, got a lift to the airport. I was like, I'm getting out of here. It was great. I've had fun. I'm leave- I'm Gotta finding the go. next flight to Denver. It's Miami to Denver, so it's like easy to get a direct flight. I was like, I'm getting on the next flight out. I don't. I can't be here. Now, now do all of our um, listeners know what Waffle House is? Oh, oh they, they don't. They should. Not everyone well, knows what Waffle House is. I, 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 I went, know. I went I to Waffle House when I was like Coast. 13, like in Alabama or something like that. And I was just it's like true. sitting at the counter like, what the Where the hell are we eating? Like, yeah. And then I got to the minor leagues, and that was all we could eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think our dinner was like our dinner breakfast. What it was like two and three in the morning. Um, whatever time yeah. meal that was was like ten dollars, and I got like coffee and waffles and a million. Like I don't. Know. It was a very Great waffles, amazing waffles. Um, I got something else too that was weird. I don't remember, but anyway, waffles is delicious. It's cheap. It's yeah. if you're up at 3 a.m. and you need waffles like <laughs> highly recommend so if you're up at 3 a.m. you have to have waffles yeah that's, that's a rule yeah. yeah so yeah i yeah if you don't know what waffle house is do they not have them at all in california i didn't even i've i don't think i, I there don't know one i don't think in LA. for some reason something's ringing a bell but okay. yeah I hadn't maybe you're it. thinking of chicken and waffles there's there's, Rosco. there's, there's chicken, yeah, yeah I mean, roscoe's but no i know that but I thought there was one. I'm, I'm probably wrong. Maybe yeah, it's a knockoff. 
Well, speaking of chicken, uh, like Marshawn Lynch likes to call his uh, bag there, uh, you got, how about back to the game? You got to see now $500 million man Patrick Mahomes lead the the Chiefs back 21-point fourth quarter. Um, Where were you for the game? Were you on the field? Like, take us through what what covering the game was like. This is a crazy thing. I've gotten to see so many cool games from the field. This was the opposite. I, our, our, um, like the people who are in charge of the project basically said, when you apply for your credentials, try to just do the, the media tent, which is next to the stadium. You're not even in the stadium. Um, and because I cover an NFL team, I could have gotten a press credential for the actual press box, but I was like, okay, well they asked us to do that. So I'm not like a big rule follower, but I followed that rule, <laughs> which I hadn't. Um, and so I was in the tent next to the stadium. Granted, we got to walk around the stadium and like, our press passes like got us in and you could go anywhere you wanted basically but we watched the majority of the game from a tent next to hard rock stadium which is like people expect you to be like on the field being like i mean so i was on the field post you should just you should have just told us that you were fucking right there next to Andy Reid when they won it you just gotta really (laughs) look at the video in the middle of the freaking if we so one thing i do and i have all the videos i don't know if they're still on my phone but like so patrick mahomes so they let you add onto the field um, for the final, like, basically the, um, I don't know, the last, like, play or whatever. And then they let you on the field, like, right when it's over. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, confetti, yellow and uh, red confetti everywhere is still falling. And you're running around the field at that point. And, like, Andy Reid walks by you. Patrick Mahomes comes by on a golf cart with, like, his weird brother who's, like, the TikTok guy. And, like, that part of it, Travis Kelsey and his girlfriend. And you're just like, okay. Like, that – that part of it, you're very much like in it and you're just next to all those people mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh yeah, that was like Patrick Mahomes and his weird brother. But like during the game, I wasn't actually like on the field. I Shout out it. Patrick Mahomes' weird brother. Weird I mean, brother. Yeah, TikTok I <laughs> no. Yeah, I remember I seeing it when, it when they won. I remember seeing the whole thing. I just remember the, his chick becoming all famous they're, from it. They're like, they're like friends, obviously just from being whatever. And they... um I think he's more of a TikTok star than Juice. I think he's got like millions of TikTok followers. The brother. Uh, yeah, I don't wow. know his name though, but he's like a TikTok star. I'm sure, it's not hard to find. We'll just go weird, yeah. weird guy, Patrick Mahomes' brother. Weird, Patrick Mahomes. That might be the handle. Patrick's a very nice person. I'm just like too old to know anything about TikTok stars other than they have like millions and billions of followers. I think Danny has a theory on that. Danny's what big is, TikTok. Danny's what, a big TikTok. What is TikTok? <laughs> Danny's still trying to figure out how to post on Instagram. So I'm still trying to figure my computer out. He's getting to TikTok. Out. He's getting there. I mean, you realize that his flip phone doesn't have Wi-Fi apparently. So. <laughs> I, had a, I got an iPhone three though. That's good. You really? <laughs> I know, but it's like a six. Yeah, <laughs> it's the C. Yeah. No, I know how to operate technology, but I, I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't. I have like, I understand TikTok, but I don't. I'm just like, I don't understand how you get to the point where you have like 80 million followers. Like, who, what are, who are the 80 million people that are watching your like 60 second videos? So yeah, China. Yeah, it's wild. Well, well update speaking. guys. Yeah, Waffle House. They're all over in Arizona, and I think that's where I'm. Uh, oh, research there, dude. Yeah, I think we've established. Closest. We've established in this podcast that Arizona is basically California. Yeah. It's yes, same. exactly. So, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're on the same page there. Like I said, it's in SoCal, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> One guy that uh, usually is not on the same page as everyone, but I am a huge fan of, and I would be upset with myself if I did not ask you about him. I put it on the little note I sent you, but 
Uh, you got a chance to cover Washington State University football, um, and you got to know the flavorful Mike Leach. Um, if you can just kind of talk about that connection, any particular moments, I'm sure for a whole nother podcast, we can just have one just on stories from him. But if anything just kind of sticks out from, from your time working with the Cougar football team. So many things. Um, he, one thing about Mike Leach is he is 45 minutes late to everything. So like, we, <laughs> but it's worth waiting for. Like, that's the thing you need to know. So if you go to his press conferences and it starts at three, like it really starts at 345. But when he gets there, is, it's going to be worth it. Um, he just, he like actually. going to a concert. Yeah, right? He, there's like, an, there's an opening act. It's like the players come in and they'll talk. And then like, you have the lull and you're like waiting for him and waiting for him. And then we used to take bets on like what time he was going to walk in the door. So it'd be like 3.30. <laughs> and like whoever was closest that week won. Like it was, because the same group of people is there every time. So <laughs> it was honestly like the best. Um, he is truly like one of a kind the ultimate like one of one like god broke the mold kind of person like he's he's just there's no one like him um yeah he he actually doesn't really like to talk about football so if you get into like aliens the area offense, what'd you say <laughs> like aliens and stuff oh no for sure yeah he loves that stuff but i'm saying if you, if you like one day we got on a shovel passes um tangent and he loved talking about that like he has all these like he loves shovel passes but some people can't throw them and but like he'll talk about that stuff but he won't ever say like our receiving core is really strong this year we think it's you know we think they're gonna match up well against the rest of the pack 12 like he will never say that stuff but once you get him on like aliens bigfoot <laughs> like now anything I love it. He goes and goes forever so yeah we had a thing at the end of the at the end of every press conference i got to ask him an off the wall question and it was a fan question of the week. So I would just tweet out, like, send me your questions for Mike Leach. And people would be like, do you believe in Bigfoot? Like, what's your favorite Netflix <laughs> show? He loves like the Treehouse building shows. Like he has the weirdest. Oh, that's a great movie. show. Treehouse builders. You, yeah. It's on season I've, five. He, I've never, I've, I've never <laughs> consistently watched it, but I've you know watched a couple is. of he, those. Yeah. The Treehouse show. Like he loves certain like, um, certain Netflix shows. Like, he just ha is one of those people that has so every, like, like Nick Saban, right? He only ever thinks about football. Yeah. He just doesn't have a thought that doesn't involve football. Like, Mike Leach is the <laughs> opposite, where, like, he would rather think about – like, he thinks it's boring to just think about football all the time. So that's what makes him the crazy. That's what makes him him. It's yeah. so yeah. fun. Yeah, I had to uh, I had to to ask about that, yeah. which is pretty awesome. Um, a new kind of segment we started is we've been trying to do talking about our highs and lows, like our you know highs and low moments. How about for you? Kind of in a different sense, we'll switch it a little bit. But best slash like worst games that you've attended, one that maybe went for seven hours and you just needed an interview after the game or, or did you get like or did you get like run over by a receiver yeah something like that is there oh, anything like that amazing. that's that's kind of so, happened i never got run over because my thing is i will bail on the shot so the reason you get run over <laughs> you the camera and you're and you refuse to move like if you see some coming at you but you're like i don't want to mess up the shot I, I will bail on the shot every time because i would rather <laughs> lose the shot than get lose your teeth yeah. in basketball yeah. like a basketball like fly and like hit you in the arm like that you know it's that's whatever but I've never gotten tackled which I know a girl who was like 110 pounds and got just like <laughs> literally yeah, got decleated 
<laughs> never, that never happened to me. Thank the Lord. Um, but like I said, it's probably cause I was bad and I was like, Nope, I'm going to run away. Yeah. Uh, no. So, okay. So one game <laughs> we drove, I was working in Charlottesville, Virginia, and it was an ACC game against Pitt. So Virginia ACC Pitt football, not great to begin with. <laughs> we drove to that game instead True. of flying. So it was a, it was a five and a half hour drive. So 11 hour round trip. Virginia scored a field goal the entire oh, game. Oh, God. And, like, my boss and I looked at each other at the end of the game. We're like, you <laughs> 11 hours for a field goal. It was like, probably a fucking <laughs> sick field goal, though, right? Lost, lost 64 yards. They lost 14 to 3, and knowing them, they were down 14 nothing and still went for a field goal instead of, like, going for uh, it. It could have been weird. Game. It could have been worse, and he missed the field goal. I mean, they got I think, that. I think there probably actually was a missed field goal in that game. So it was so bad. And it was just like, so, so Virginia with Bronco, Bronco Mendel now is actually good and getting better. These were dark days for them. And it was like, <clears throat> what are we doing here? Like you, it's the team you cover and it's the biggest thing. So you're going to be there, but you're just it's like, what are, what, what highlights are we supposed to show tonight? Like yeah. what are we supposed to put on the news? Cause we Did have you play it up though in that highlight. I would have played it up like the freaking best day ever. Yeah. I mean, it was a fun, like, it was a funny day because, like, you just think of, and actually, Pittsburgh is sneaky nice. Like, I don't know if you yeah. guys like, played there or whatever, but I, the river and all that stuff, the, the, you don't like it. I, Danny's looking at me like I'm crazy. I think the downtown is actually, like, kind of a pretty With area. the football field and the baseball field, like, back-to-back, like, that's pretty cool. Mine's the field, like, depends on the time of the day, I think. Is that where Pitt like plays? Should I know that? Do they it, play at Heinz Field? They do. Yeah. Uh, they do. I don't yeah. know if you should have yeah. known. Though. I don't think I knew that till I covered the ACC. But they okay. play at high it's, school. It's um, for me, I, I love the baseball stadium. The backdrop from home plate, you have the river and you see all downtown. Yeah. As far as like going to like eat <laughs> or probably What's the sandwich not, place there. Not my favorite. Uh, probably not my favorite ooh. big league city. Okay, that's fair. We didn't like, we didn't, that's what I'm saying. We didn't even stay. We drove up that day, covered the game and drove back 11 hours Jeez. on the road in one day. Cause it was great like, fans. Uh, love yeah. the blue collar fans there. Boy, they're yeah. loud. Different, different kind loud. of loud. I love it. it. It's so fun. I love when they're loud out there. I, I really, so I really enjoy playing there. Not exactly staying there. That's fair. And that's, <laughs> like I said, we didn't even stay. Like, so it was, that's like my worst game like that's probably the one of the worst games i've ever been to but honestly the experience was kind of cool because like it was a cool yeah. city yeah. but no no any boom goes the dynamite moments on camera or anything like that you sent this to me so i was thinking about this yeah. i lost it once so <laughs> when you're in studio if you're on camera like this there's other people on the desk you know like your co-anchor the sports guy if his segment's coming up soon and the weather person's over there so like when we were in Wyoming, we kept a blooper reel of <laughs> everything that happened because, like, it's the pe like the directors and stuff are just like not experienced. They don't really care as much, so they'll like hit a button and you'll pop up on camera when you're not supposed to be there, and you're just like, and because like you can see yourself all of a sudden, you're like trying to act natural and like you don't know yeah. what to do. So there were plenty of those, but um, this was so it was like 2011, and the initial like when Anthony Weiner got in trouble for like everything he was doing in the early 2000s um i had to read it because i was a news anchor at the time so i was reading the story uh -oh. the fourth guy next to me who's off camera is losing it 
And I'm like an empathetic. Twelve year old Lindsay came out. Laugher. Like I can't. If you're if you're giggling around me, it takes everything in me. I'm like saying the pledge of allegiance in my head while I'm like reading the, trying to like focus. And I actually held it together during that specific read, but then it came back on camera to me, and I just had to toss to a story, and it was like one sentence, and he's still laughing his like butt off and i lost it so i just start like giggling and they just had to take this luckily i was tossing to a story they just took the story and i was just like well that's on camera somewhere but that was probably the one like really bad because other than that it's like technical screw-ups and it looks like you screwed up but really like you were just like you're trying to make it look like nothing's wrong so the you don't Pledge have of allegiance was that your like go-to go-to like i went to catholic focus? school yeah, and that's like when, if you're in church and someone's like losing it when you're at like Catholic school and you're in high school, if you say the Pledge of Allegiance, it like focuses your brain. Have you never, you don't have those tricks? Wow. No, no I don't. I, mean, I, I might I'm have ADD as possible. <laughs> you guys are like, I just go with it. No, yeah, like, I just go with it. It's it like, funny. I'm going to laugh. <laughs> yeah, I, I for sure had those things, like those moments where you're like doing something where you're supposed to be like, be focusing and yeah. like losing it. Yeah. Pledge of allegiance. Either, I either had my ADD medicine or I was in left field. So <laughs> what are you going to help me? <laughs> oh, that is it awesome. Worked, but it's, it's yeah. In news. I mean, it's yeah. Didn't, it didn't help me that time for sure. You didn't, you didn't have like, you didn't have like any one of those, uh, What's that one field report of the black guy? He's like reporting. He's like, these motherfucking flies and fucking shit. He starts going nuts. Oh, you ever no. see that one? Yeah. It's a new version of that where the guy's in Montana and he's in Yellowstone and it was um, bison. And he. That's he's, right. He wasn't live. It was taped. And so he's like, oh, oh no. Oh, hell no. And he just, he like, you see him like run off camera. And then he like got a shot later of the bison. Why? A herd of bison in Yellowstone National Park walking towards him. He's on camera. He freezes. And he's Who like, invited these guys? And he, he, yeah, he's like, I'm not messing with these guys. And he just runs off. Um, so I was actually in like, our sister station in Galicia, somewhere in Montana. Um, I don't think like in Wyoming, literally a herd of antelope could have just like run past me and I wouldn't know. Like there's more antelope than people in Wyoming. So that probably happened. Um, I didn't have any like attack the flies, bison. <laughs> things that i can remember but honestly i've been doing it for so long like i've probably forgotten if that even did happen yeah that is funny well you're quite the uh the storyteller as we're finding out not just in this interview but as mentioned the emmy award for your feature and things like that has that always kind of been a thing for you you've always enjoyed you know telling stories and, and something like that or is it just kind of something you figured out through this whole process that's worked for you yeah, I mean, I think that for me, like, has always been a big thing. It's not like I – I like sports because of the stories around it. I'm not just like, oh, I can't wait to see, like, watching the um, Rockies-A's game before this. Like, I don't ultimately care who wins game five out of 60 or five out of 162 in a normal situation. Like, it's not that stuff for me that I've, like, really drew me to it. It's the stories around it. Sorry, Danny probably really cares about <laughs> five out of 162. Um, yeah. But, like, that's not, you know, that wasn't what drew me to it. It was always, like, the stories. And, like, I think that's why I loved Alan Iverson, because, like, his story and, like, being the smallest guy, but still the best and, like, all that. Like, that that definitely was always a big draw of sports and, like, life in general, but more so sports. Well, speaking of sports, you're now a free agent, like a lot of other people. Um 
just waiting to see where you can take your talents next. Uh, what is next for you? If you want to maybe touch on what you've been up to, um, state of sports, anything like that uh, upcoming for you. Yeah, relatable. Like everyone, I'm <laughs> trying to figure out what's next right now. So yeah, I, I actually had made the decision to take a little time off um, prior to coronavirus. Uh, it ended up being a very interesting time to take time off. Um, I had a 15-city road trip planned. Um, starting with the Kentucky Derby in May. Um, oh my god! For off. pleasure, like this was yeah. just for fun. Yeah, for fun. Yeah. So, so I have never had something fine. I never oh, like fly, 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 fly moment. Fly the flies. No. So I, I had never taken um, really even like between jobs. My last job, it was like, hey, Broncos camp starts this day. Like, get down here asap. And that's just how it works in TV you want the job and they're like, we need you to start this day. So you, I had six days to drive from Washington to Colorado and like get my whole life situated to even like get started. So I was just like, look, I need a break. I need a summer to take some time off. Um, and so, yeah, I had this really awesome uh, road trip planned. I was going to see friends like my grandma in Kansas who I haven't seen in forever, like just visit, people that I haven't really gotten to see because my schedule's been so limiting. Um, Kentucky, like my friend in New York, I was going to go up to Toronto. We can't even get into Canada now. Like I was going to go to Canada on the West side. We can't get across the border. Um, so yeah, obviously everything got scrapped. Um, slowly, but surely <laughs> that was not going to happen. I thought about still road tripping um, without like do, going to Louisville, but not the Derby. Like, but then it got to the point where I was like, coronavirus was really bad um so yeah I scrapped the trip um and I came back to Oregon where my parents live and I'm just hanging out and honestly like ha not having time off ever I'm just trying to like tell myself to enjoy take advantage of it yeah and I I honestly like I've gone to see some people like I've done a little bit of road tripping here and there um out west more so than anything um but yeah I'm just I'm as someone who's like not a workaholic, but that's just my natural state is to be working all the time. So it's a little hard. I, I want to get like the next thing going and I want to um, be working again, which is weird. Cause like most people would want to just enjoy time off, but I'm just trying to breathe and like enjoy, enjoy time. Cause that's not something I really had a lot of. I worked weekends for 10 years. You're telling um, so me. Like, Shit. Yeah. So it's cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's everything. It's tough. It's fun. It's relaxing. It's stressful. It's coronavirus in America. And we're all yeah. just like, trying nothing to you can really out. do other than day by day, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I honestly like, I thought maybe I would kind of get out of the sports world to have a more normal Monday to Friday type thing because in sports it's nights and weekends and that's just kind of the deal. Um, but now I find myself kind of gravitating back towards those jobs because it's what I like. So yeah. We'll if see. you're good at it, it's tough to get out of it for sure. Yeah. And it's fun. It really is. It's just the, the, you know, the question is, is it worth it? Like you make so many sacrifices and the million dollar question is like, are they worth it? And I think yeah. that's something that anyone who works in sports asks themselves all yep. the time. So. If, you, if you enjoy it, it's worth it. I mean, I can tell you from my athlete side of it, it only lasts for so long, you know, they're always going to try to replace you as an athlete or even as a, someone that covers, you know, they're going to try to find someone else. They're going to, and so I always, you know, talking to everyone that I've talked to, do it for as long as you can. Enjoy the hell out of it because there's, 
you know, there's a timetable. It doesn't doesn't last forever in the in the sports world. Kind of no matter what you're in, the sports world doesn't last forever. Yeah, my man's just preaching. That's free, free stuff, everyone. Free, that's free. That's free. Shit, just need to start charging for this, man. <laughs> God damn. Uh, anyone else have anything uh, before we wrap up here with Lindsay? Thanks for joining. I lo- I loved hearing your story. Uh, yeah. It's been it's been a it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm not used to being on this side. I'm used to being the one asking the questions, so it's really weird for me. But well, you're pretty dang good at it. How'd we do? Yeah, how'd we do? Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And free we'll advice see. at the end, and calling me out on the Washington That's football what I'm team. Talking about. <laughs> you got to keep you Don't honest. Put me in so. time out like Danny did to keep three months. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that is like, I mean, honestly, as someone who's like been on both sides, three months is a really long time. So just again, like I commend your, your stubbornness <laughs> and like your commitment to that bit. Cause that's a lot. <laughs> oh, that Knowing awesome. Danny, I don't expect anything less. I can, I can see that's it. Awesome. So yeah. Well, sweet. There you have it. Sports reporter and anchor Lindsay Joy. Lindsay, thank you again for being patient with us uh, while we were setting up this whole thing. I know I had to shoot you a couple texts of, let's do it here. Uh, actually, can you do it here? Um, so thanks for sticking with us, yeah. and uh, good luck in the free agency pool. Uh, we'll be rooting for you, <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll hear your stories and, and see you on TV somewhere soon. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. This was fun. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for being on. It was Lindsay. awesome. Good stuff there with sports anchor and reporter Lindsay Joy. Um, You guys brought up a couple seconds now of Lindsay here on the show. She's also our second Emmy Award winner, joining Steve Quiss, top on the show now, won a Northwest Regional Emmy uh, for her best sports or best feature, sports feature um, with the Iron Man. Emmys for podcasts. I don't know. They have to. We'll find out. Podcast awards, right? Yeah, we'll find out. We'll I think that should Emmy. be a uh, 12-year goal of ours is to win an Emmy. Um, wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, awesome stuff. Uh, again, second Emmy Award winner to have on our show, which is pretty cool. Um, also, Lindsay, very well accomplished in the industry, well-known, was selected as one of eight reporters nationally to cover last year's Super Bowl. Um, and that just isn't handed to you. You know, you have to put in the work. And, gee, I know you really appreciated that about her if you want to just kind of dive into talking about uh, a couple of notes you made on the conversation. Yeah, it, I mean, we were talking about it a little before, but how to get that award of being able to go, I mean, is it, it didn't really sound like it was much of an award. I don't envy her uh, – taking that trip whatsoever it sounded chaotic and almost borderline miserable to be (laughs) at that event in in her capacity but i mean it's it's her job and it's a goal i'm sure of many people in that position to go to that event and cover arguably the largest world sport Wait, what? Largest sport in the world. Yeah, something like uh, that. <laughs> and, and she did it. And she she can say she she got that accomplishment. That's that's freaking sweet for I sure. I do have to clarify, it was one of eight reporters to cover it for a particular network. Um, Correct. Next star. But that's also the Amer- that's like America's largest freaking local television group. You know what I mean? So Right. So no so it's a huge honor. 
it's a yeah. huge honor for sure but it's it just goes to to show her dedication and i believe she mentioned it uh she it's like a shark she's she's just working and always working and always moving you know once you stop and you're you're dead yeah yeah i mean I, what i what i appreciate about it was her her professionalism um you know talking about locker room stuff and you know the way that she she handles people um, I learned what a reporter scrum was. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. Yeah, like because when they're doing this, <laughs> and they're asking you a question, and there's like four of them like that, and you're like, "Can you back the fuck up?" They don't get that, you know. They don't. They they're trying to get their piece, and I get it. Like it's your piece, it's your job, but I, I want to take a breath. Like come back up a little bit, and that's when I got into the part of like I put someone on timeout for a little bit. It was just like. <laughs> You, you can't be bashing people all the time, whether it's me or t- my teammates or whatever. Like, you know, you got to have a professional side of you. And you also have to understand that, like, all of us have families. Now, whether we're married, have kids, or we have moms, dads, brothers, you know, sisters. Like, you know, just have an idea of, like, what you're writing or saying or putting out there. Like, we're human beings. We're not – yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not robots. I mean, I guess they call Pujols the machine, but that's <laughs> – that's just you know, that's we're, that's not who repairs over the last couple of years, but yeah. yeah, I mean that's not that's not who we are. We're not we're not robots. We're human beings. We have feelings and emotions after games, just like any other person would. After you know a work day, we're just in the larger capacity, and it's and everyone gets to hear about it. <laughs> so, um, I, I really appreciated her professionalism. I, I enjoyed talking to her. It was a lot of fun. She made the interview so easy. I mean, just so easy. She's so well-spoken. And just to be able to talk to her, it was just – it just was flowing. Like, it just flowing so easy with her. She was really cool, good girl to talk to. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that helped get, you know, kind of that personal side out of her too was it was just a conversation. It was as if we were sitting down at a, a bar having some beers and, and chatting. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, on I her think it, freaking patio or deck in that – Yeah, goddamn, that was pretty good. Yeah. I'd be a free agent a little bit longer too if I were her. Just hang out <laughs> yeah. there. Hundred percent. Um, but no, that was awesome stuff. Uh, cool to get back into the sports, you know, realm and talk to someone that they got to cover it and be around it, and you know, spend time in Denver covering all four professional sports. Um, a lot of time with the Broncos, and I'm sure she probably has some pretty good off-air stories as well. Um, as far as just you know interacting with with people of that level i'm sure you you see some interesting things so um really cool for her to join really happy uh that we got the chance to to share her her story for such a good storyteller like herself um so good stuff but that's it fellas episode 11 in the books anything else before uh before we we say goodbye to the people Gotta keep working. Gotta keep grinding through everything. We're getting more and Trust more Trust the process, baby. Trust That's the right. process. Stay I mean, with we got, us. We got, Please. The, we got the mics now. If anyone, uh, yeah. It, oh, mixer. yeah. Real gold. Yeah, sure. We're working here. And yeah. I'm excited. Smalls, baby. Coming. Yeah, no, we, we definitely, I, again, I'm not just trying to say this to hope people, you know, keep listening further and stuff like that. But these next episodes are bangers uh they are <laughs> with some high caliber um well followed people platinum so, baby yeah so platinum. i really hope hey. everyone stays tuned and by the way on all the like social media platforms if you guys want to go out and comment and like 
we've said before, bash us. I don't give a shit. If you want a shout out too, throw us a shout out that we can just take a picture of you listening to it. Let us know where you're listening from. We dude, we want to interact with our listeners so much. We're trying. Uh, we're yeah. giving it a whirl. You're at work and you're bored as hell. Take a picture of it and send it to us. Yeah, we love Everyone, that shit. Uh, like, sucks. That stuff keeps me going, man. Like it's so cool to like none of the go people there and, and see the reviews and and see what people have to write. Like it fires me up, honestly. So um, follow, rate, review. Find us on social. Shout like, out, Graham. We're on Twitter. Send us pictures. Let us know where you're listening from. Um, watch it on YouTube. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, just about everything. So at this point, you have no goddamn excuse. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, but for real, check us out. We're having a blast with it. We hope you guys are as well. Um, but that does it. Episode 11 in the books. I'm Seth Smith. That's my brother, Garrett Smith. And that's uh, Gold Mike, Little Biggie, Danny Espinoza. Uh, in that shit. We'll see y'all later. <laughs> Look at that thing. Uh, but shit, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, check us out next week, episode twelve. You won't want to miss it. Um, should be on uh, the, the. We're gonna try and keep this Tuesday train rolling. So consistently like find us every yes. Tuesday. New episode dropping until told otherwise. But that does it for your favorite trio. We out episode eleven. Have a great day, everyone. Catch you on the flip side. Peace. See you guys. Peace. The last time the Broncos won a road game in conference was back in 2015. The Chargers were still in San Diego, and the Broncos were on their way to a Super Bowl. But it's not just the Broncos' offense that has to come out swinging. The Chargers have won six games in a row now, thanks in part to a high-flying offense led by a trash-talking quarterback named Phillip Rivers.